Hi guys, welcome back to another episode of Waxing Lyrical. It's our first episode of the year, despite being a month into 2021, we've now decided to finally cobble together a podcast. Um, there's only three people here today, it's myself, Jay and James, uh, regulars of the pod. We have no Ash and no Josh. Um, they have betrayed the pod and have, are no longer welcome. Um, no, they'll hopefully be back by next time. But yeah, um, Jay, how are you first of all? How's your year been so far? Yeah, it's it's... Not, it's been been okay, thank you. I've been really busy, so I haven't actually listened to as much as I'd probably have liked to. Um, I mean, to be fair, that being said, including the album that I've picked today, I've, I mean, I've got back into studying, so I've listened to a lot of kind of instrumental, quite kind of lax albums. Um, has that actually kind of been defining what I've been listening to so far this past month? Mm-hmm. I, I, I remember at the end of last year, I, you asked me for like a list of my favourite hip-hop albums of 2020. How are you sort of getting, getting on with that? Um, well, you know, I kind of said this in in the 2020 pod, which is that you spoke about your favourite album, hip-hop album of the year, which is obviously also your favourite album of the year, um, Al- Alchemist, um, Alfredo. Yeah. And you didn't really seem that convinced by it. And I was kind of like, hmm, well, you gave me a list of like 25 other albums. <laughs> and if you're not that convinced by the one that's the best, I don't know if I'm that bothered about checking out number 19 or 18. I mean, I, I will, I keep saying I'll get through them in the same way that I keep saying I'm going to get through a lot of things. But if you keep nagging at me, I'm sure I will get through it. Eventually. Well, hopefully, hopefully my 2021 hip hop list will be slightly more better in my eyes and you'll be yeah. more compelled to listen to it. But um, yeah, I, I noticed that you were like loved Run the Jewels 1 to 3, but you've yet to listen to the fourth one, the most recent one. I mean, I wouldn't say I love them. I think I think they're good. You tolerated um, them. You liked them. <laughs> they, no, they they were good. I think I was a bit disappointed because I kind of expected to like them more than I did. Um, I don't know. Sometimes I think you go into an album just for whatever weird reason, just expecting it to be like the best thing ever. And I don't know what I did with this. I I kind of went in like, like this is gonna be so good. It was good, but I don't know. It, it it's okay. Yeah, it, it's a solid group of albums. On that underwhelming note, I'll introduce James. How are you doing, James? How's your year been so far? Yeah, all right. Uh, I can't believe the year's a month in already. Just kind of feels like uh, just kind of drifting along and not really <laughs> just, you know, surviving. <laughs> um, in terms of music, uh, not, not really much. I mean, it's uh, I've listened to a lot of music, but there hasn't been a huge amount that, that's come out this year yet. Um, couple of disappointing albums already which is a really great start to the year can't wait to be disappointed more for the next uh 11 months as usual yeah january always starts quite slow to be honest on that note what are you guys all looking forward to this year like any sort of particular releases by any artists that uh, you've got you excited i'll take that silence as a no no um i mean to be fair i guess the only album at the moment that's really jumping out to me that we've kind of got a confirmed date on is Chemtrails over the Country Club, Lana Del Rey. Um, we've already had a taster of it. The taster suggests that it's going to be quite good. Um, if maybe not <laughs> High as... Praise. No, in the sense that it's, it's, it's maybe not making me think this is going to be as good as Norman, Norman Rockwell, you know, her previous kind of major album, uh, unless you ask James who thinks that she released an album last year. Um... But I think it could be an interesting album. I think it could be a really good one. Um, but that being said, no, there's nothing really on my radar. I mean, that being said, that doesn't really bother me too much. Like, if you'd asked me, you know, at the start of January last year, you know, what albums I'm looking forward to, there's no way I would have said something like fucking Jesse Ware's album, which I put as my favourite album last year. So I guess what I'm hoping is to, you know, have some people drop albums and kind of surprise me. 
Yeah. I mean, personally, I don't get that fussed about like new music. I obviously listen to new releases, but for me, like, there's always music to be listened to, whether it's like from 2020, 2021, or just like past music. So there's always new music to be discovered. So I'm not too fussed about like when it's come out. James, yeah, exactly. any sort of yeah, James, any sort of sorry. releases? So go on, go on, go ahead. I was gonna say like it's hardly that there's a shortage of albums to listen to. Yeah, I know my list is never ending. Um, James, any particular releases that you're li- li- looking forward to? Not really. I mean, but before the year started, there was really only two. One was uh, again the Lana Del Rey album. The other was the, the new Bicep album. The new Bicep album was kind of disappointing. It was kind of crap, actually, to be honest. Um, it'll be interesting to see how. Um, in the same spirit as last year, how club culture manages to make its way into our listening experience as opposed to sort of communal club experience. I think there's probably a lot of room for that. Uh, also be interesting to see how like styles like hyper pop and glitch pop, which seemed incredibly cutting edge at the beginning of last year and are incredibly outmoded and annoying, uh, should be should be interesting to see how they move on. Maybe 100 Gex will die finally. Maybe not. Who knows? Um, but yeah, I mean, again, it's it's all in. I guess the, the the main promise is in what will surprise me, as opposed to what I can see that's already there. Because what I can see that's already there is a fucking Adele album, a fucking Rihanna album, and a fucking Drake album. And if that ha- if that's all we get, I don't know if I'll be alive by the end of the year. <laughs> on that note, uh, let's move on. So, um, yeah, for this pod, we just we just going to go back to the tried and tested album format, where each of us has recommended an album for the others to listen to. Um, the first album that we're going to go into is Jay's album. So tell us about your album, uh, the one they picked. You have quite a surprise face. You didn't expect to be to go first, but didn't expect no. to have to talk on this fucking podcast. No, I, I was actually expecting you to save me for last, given that I know how much you liked it. Um, so my album choice is uh, Brian Eno's Another Green World. Um, so Brian Eno is someone I've kind of who's always been kind of on my radar, but I hadn't really listened to anything that he created until quite or um, anything he'd really made until quite recently um just for those of you who don't know brian eno is hugely influential figure in um in music in modern in modern pop popular music he's um started off life as a kind of glam rock musician then kind of slowly made the switch into kind of essentially inventing ambient music as we know it today um he works alongside talking heads on remain in light for example, he works alongside David Bowie in his Berlin albums. Um, you know, he's been on some big, cutting-edge, kind of major, hugely acclaimed albums. Um, and the one I wanted to talk about, to kind of talk about him in the pod, was Another Green World. Um, I think it's really interesting because, in the sense, I say he's got kind of a punk rock background. And then in his later career, he went on to kind of push forward the idea of ambient music. I think what's really interesting about Another Green World is it sounds like an album of someone who's kind of in a transitionary period artistically in that it's not maybe the most coherent album in many ways it kind of comes across as like a collage of different sounds and different ideas you know it jumps from kind of light pop rock in the kind of um beach boys kind of psychedelic pop style at points and then shifts into kind of creepy dark ambient songs um i think it's really beautiful i think it's a really great listen um, it's something that I find myself listening to a lot kind of really late at night when I can't sleep. I think it just creates such a fantastic atmosphere. Um, so, yeah, I'm really curious to know what you guys think about it. Um, yeah, so firstly, you said, like, it sounded like an artist was, like, in a transitionary phase of his, like, career. I've seen that he has 60 albums to listen to. I'm, I'm assuming you haven't listened to all of the 60. <laughs> no. But, like, 
but in terms of like the ones you have listened to, like where would you place this? Like, tell us a bit more about like the context that he was he released his album in. Um, I mean, I really like this album. I think for, I've not heard that much from him. Actually, a lot of the stuff I've heard from him have been the aforementioned albums that he actually produced for other people. Um, I've listened to some of his um, his albums just called Ambient. I've listened. I've not actually given it a rating yet, but I've listened to Ambient One. Music for Airports, I think it's called, which is just, it's complete ambient music. Um, I haven't really listened to much of his um, glam rock work. It's not really my kind of thing anyway. Um, but I think when I say in terms of transitionary, I think what I mean is that he'd had a background as a rock musician. Um, and I think he was trying to move into the more kind of avant-garde experimental music. And I think for me anyway, what defines this album is that it jumps between kind of what we know as popular music and what we think of as more kind of abstract experimental music and it pushes them in into one album and kind of jumps between them and in a weird way i feel like kind of the experimental songs complement brilliantly the kind of lighter poppy songs on the album yeah so no i um i i agree fair enough like i noted that on like a review of this album it said like he'd captured like two bolts of lightning in the same bottle like in terms of like welding together like organized written conventional rock music but then also like more ambient um like rhythms and like um structure of the song um james first of all like what do you think of this album like you know first thoughts on this album when you listen to it the first time yeah i mean so i've i'm in a weird position whereby i i heard this album quite a few times a long time ago um i'm a big brian eno fan and this album does fit in a random place whereby it's when he was moving into something which would provide the bulk of his career. You mentioned the 60 albums, I think like 50 of them are just like pure ambient music. Um, so I don't really, I didn't really remember much going in. So I was just kind of, when Jay picked it, uh, Jay brought it up to me the other day and he said, um, he said, oh, you know, I listened to this, this is great. And I was just like, yeah, it's really great. Blah, blah, blah. I haven't heard it in like, I don't know, five years or something. Uh, when he picked it, I was like, okay, well, I guess, you know, I have to re-listen to it now. And I re-listened to it. And honestly, the album is, like, transcendent. It's, like, top ten albums of all time. Like, what the fuck? How did I uh, How did I forget um, about how good this is? I think maybe its slight weaknesses are one or two of the tracks which lean a bit harder into um, an outdated sort of pop rock style. I don't mean the stuff that sounds like the Beach Boys, um, although there's a hell of a lot of brian wilson in this and i think we need to ask brian wilson where he got some of his ideas from um but i think um when it's kind of pushing towards the the sort of glam rock type stuff it, it comes off a bit uh a bit corny but then in the sort of ambient interludes it's like it's like transcendent i read online somebody was like for a second this album reminds you what it's like when you're in the womb and i was like this is it it's just it's like the purest music ever it's great i can't believe i uh i listened to it before and uh hadn't noticed it's it's majesty <laughs> yeah so for me personally <laughs> yeah. um no no i thought it was an enjoyable enough album um i'm new to this sort of music i haven't listened to like this genre of music at all basically pretty much like ambient pop music or however like you define it arts rock or whatever um i thought like it was an interesting listen um you know i like the ambience at times i like some tracks like uh the big ship was one that i really liked little fishes as well 
Um, the title track as well, Another Green World, is good. Um, but I mean, like, on the whole, like, I, I wouldn't say, like, I loved it. Um, but it was definitely, like, an interesting listen. Um, and I'm not saying I'm going to, like, now delve into, like, the rest of his discography, but I, w- I wouldn't mind listening to, like, more albums, um, like, more seminal albums in this sort of genre. Um, you know, if, if I could get sort of recommended some, that'd be good. Um, yeah. To be fair, if you want to check out more of his work without checking out more of his work, just listen to "Remain in the Light." "Remain in the Light" by uh, Talking Heads. He produced the album. It's kind of it's significantly less ambient. It's a lot more rocky and a lot more fun, and it's also just a fucking great album. Yeah, fair. No, I'll I'll add, I'll add that to my list. Never-ending uh, list. I think, as I, said. I think Brian Eno's always been more well known as a producer than as a as an actual musician. And yeah. a lot, like as I say, a lot of his work after airports is like it's just because his theory of ambient. I mean, he created ambient music, but his theory was about it's about background music, and we've moved on since then. But Brian Eno hasn't moved on since then. So <laughs> his music is all designed to be background music for like airports and and shopping malls and things um and that's his you know that's his thing um but he has produced an astounding number of uh the classics of the 20th century it's kind of unbelievable yeah fair enough um i like i like the, the album cover of this um project i'll play that much um i can't think of the painting the french it's french um the painting of people in the garden obviously it was what it's inspired yeah soy rat yeah that's it that's um, i think that, i think that's quite an obvious uh allusion to it on the cover fair enough um shall we move on or any, have you guys got anything more to say about this album no i think that's pretty much everything from me fair yeah. enough uh where, where would you where, wait jay where would you place this in, like all the albums that you've recommended over like the pod i think we've done like probably 10 now oh gosh um uh you're, you're asking me to remember all the albums i recommended um it's it's in the, it's one of the top ones I would say that I recommended. I think of all the albums, think if I think about every album I've recommended, I think East is the best. Uh, the Joanna Newsom album from a few pods ago. Um, I think this is quite close up to that. It's I think not maybe quite trout. Not not quite trout mask. Yeah, it's not quite trout. Oh yeah, shit, trout mask, trout mask as well, and homogenic as well. Um, it's up there though. What's the worst one that you picked again? <laughs> Apart, no, 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 Kevin Federline, but like the like worst normal pick um, recommended. I'm actually gonna okay. I, I hate myself for saying this. But I'm gonna sell out Sufjan and say Illinois. Um, wow, I approve of this. I'll tell you why because I've listened to it again and I, I still like it, but I don't like it anywhere near as much as I used to. Um, in that I think there are points where it comes across as a little bit annoying and a little bit amateur, and there are things that I kind of admired in that album at the time for being you know bold and um i guess being ambitious that i think i think sometimes maybe its ambition you know isn't as good as its execution i yeah. approve of that message yeah sufjan's put me off call me by your name for good i've never watched it <laughs> yeah, the only thing that could put me off that film not, not army, not army. Not I, army. Think, <laughs> I mean i think not to talk too much about sufjan but i think Kind of in, maybe in a, not in a similar vein to Brian Eno because they're two very different people. But what, <laughs> I, what I'm trying to get at is, is um, I think Sufjan's best album, for example, would be Carrie and Lowell, which is just it's very quiet, very, very melancholic. And I think he kind of works best when you just strip everything back and take it to a simpler place. Yeah. Fair enough. Um, I'll go on to <laughs> I'll go into my album next. Um, 
what was it called? Uh, I've forgotten the name of it. Because, MERS 316, the ninth edition. Yeah, that's one. It's like a really convoluted name. Um, it's by this rapper called MERS, who I've never heard like a project by him before this one. I only listened to this one about two weeks ago. Um, you know, like those books, there's like a thousand and one movies you must see before you die, or, you know, those equivalents. I just yeah. came, I came across his website at the end of um, last year, which is like 250 hip hop albums you have to listen to. Um, and, you know, like a fair amount of them I've already listened to before, but I thought I'd work my way through like the, um, the ones from like the late 80s, 90s, etc. all these ones that I've never really listened to. And this came at like 235 or something. And I'm like, I've listened to about 20 of them. Um, and yeah, I, I thought, yeah, I'll check it out. Um, listened to it and I was really pleasantly surprised by the production of it. Um, I thought like the sole production, it, the production's by Ninth One, who's like quite a, um, um, who's quite a famous hip hop producer, who, you know, bases his like samples on like soul, jazz, all those sort of things. Um, and I thought like the production was excellent on, the, on this album. Um, you know, I, I think you could say that it's quite sort of similar, but I personally really enjoyed it. I think Merz is quite a very competent rapper, not like an amazing rapper, not like amazing lyrics, but he's very competent on the mic um, and sort of has like nice authority as well in like all of his songs. Um, and yeah, I just really enjoyed, really enjoyed this album, this like sort of conscious hip hop album that, you know, was at times entertaining, funny. Um, but yeah, like Merz has quite a crisp flow. There's obviously lots of boom bap, jazzy samples, 70s sort of soul melodies uh, um, samples as well. Um, Shorts album as well, um, just coming up to over half an hour, which for me is like quite a good thing. Um, you know, sort of easy just to listen to over and over again if you're that way inclined. Um, but yeah, considering this album came out in 2004, I haven't listened to many albums from 2004 hip hop albums, but this is like this would be like one of the best ones to listen to. Um, and yeah, I'm interested to see what you guys thought of it. I'll go to James first. Um... Yeah, I mean, not 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 wishing to spoil the future for anyone, but um, I went into the album with lowered expectations as a result of some commentary I was fed from another person. <laughs> and <laughs> and um, the first, the, I mean, the first uh, thing I I was pleasantly surprised by the. I mean, I don't know if it's a Daft Punk sample, but it's a sample that, that they've used before. So I was like, wow, we've got some continuity between the albums on this pod. So. Already, I was. We were off to a good start. That was um, unintentional. I might. I must point out. I obviously oh yeah, worked this yeah, yeah. Um, but yeah, no, I, I, I really enjoyed it. Um, I saw a lot of comments online, people like dissing the production and saying it was really boring. I thought the production was really good all the way through. I was like, wow, I, I love this production. Um, and the, I, one of the songs in particular, I can't remember what it was called. The, the uh, time signatures were changing throughout the song. Each verse had like a different time signature, and I was like, "Well, that's interesting. Not you don't see that that often." Um, but yeah, I thought it was really good. It's, I mean, it's a very slight album. I would say in that it's very short, and also it's not exactly anything that you haven't heard before. Um, but I thought the the uh, the lyrics were amusing. Uh, the production was satisfying, uh, you know, minimalist in a good way. In that it it wasn't. Uh, over cluttered but also it didn't feel half-assed um and i would definitely listen to it again i thought it was really good yeah i mean words that jump out to me like to think about the album like solid competent um technically like te <laughs> technical you know like it's just a very sort of seven or eight out of ten album where um yeah it's quite slight as in it's um ten tracks long but only, but only really eight proper cuts with like interludes excluding the interludes um quite short and I think yeah it's, it's one that you can easily sort of listen to again and again I I find it really enjoyable um I think the production like one is is excellent and I, I'll definitely be checking out more more albums like produced by him 
Um, I've also heard like lots of different songs by him, but um, produced by him, but not like full albums. Um, but yeah, let, let's go into that sort of hinted at negative review of this album. Um, Jay, what were your thoughts about this album? Why didn't you like it? Um, yeah, so I don't. I, I I think this is just a boring album. If I if that's probably the most simple way I could put it. Um, the way I kind of described it was that if I wasn't paying kind of attention to the track listing, I just would have thought this was one long 35 minute verse. You know, his voice didn't change at all. It was just consistent kind of flat rapping at the same kind of pace on every single song. There was no like chorus or any kind of change up or anything. It was just, I don't know, everything just felt very one dimensional throughout the entire thing. Um, I appreciate, as James said, there were subtle changes. Um, You know, there was the odd saxophone or the odd slight change in the pace of the beat but just for me everything just felt one and the same and it felt it kind of felt like he was like sleepwalking through the album um and it just as a result it just made me so uninterested and i don't know i felt like the 35 minutes went really really slow yeah i think i think i remember you saying to me this is like the longest 35 minute album i've ever listened yeah. to um i can see i can sort of see where you're coming from in terms of like the production being very samey samey um i make when i like go for runs or whatever or walks i make i make it a habit like to listen to albums that i know i'll enjoy and you know like i basically put aside albums i think would be sort of mediocre for like those um like any other time i try and take it in this is this is basically an album i try to take in like quite slowly and quite sort of listen to it properly um but i have a feeling that if if i was sort of listening to it in the background as you perhaps were um it would have sort of blended in together and wouldn't have sounded like that's amazing um but i mean yeah i thought it was quite a, a decent enough album um do you think you'd be checking out any more albums like um from this guy jay or this or, or this producer no in, in the same Thunder? way that in the same way that we said you know we don't get that i don't get that excited for for new releases because there's just so much stuff to listen to i very much feel that way i just like there's so much stuff out there that i don't really need to check out more of his work especially because <laughs> when i looked on rate your music i think this was his most highly rated album so i wouldn't really want to see the rest <laughs> Fair enough. Great your music is the voice of the people, as we all know. Um, okay, let's move on. Wait, then. Arjun, um, man. Yeah, no, no. you asked me a question, so I've got to ask you the question, which is, where would you rank this amongst the albums that you've uh, recommended? I'll give the same answer, which is like I can't remember most of my albums. Like I can remember them, but like not all of them exactly. Um, bear in mind, I only listened to this album like the first time, like in the middle of January, so it's quite fresh in my mind. I've only listened to it like twice. Um, so it, it's not like settled in my mind as much. Um, I put it like near near like the bottom of my list um, purely because most of the albums that I recommended have been like seminal albums that I really liked or albums that um, have sort of stuck with me for quite a long time. I've, I've you know heard like years ago or whatever. Um, whereas I think like I, if I if I had to pick coincidentally like the other album that I think would be quite low on my list, Burden of Proof by Benny the Butcher, that was one that I recommended like, like a week after it came out. And I was very sort of hyped about it, which is why I excitedly recommended it to the pod. Um, and which again, boring as well. Yeah, there's a theme here. But I mean, yeah, uh, I, I wouldn't say it's like in the top three or top five at all by any stretch of the imagination. Um, I'm trying to now think what would be my worst album that I've recommended. It might be that Burden of Proof one, purely because I haven't like gone back to it that much. I haven't felt the need to go back to it that much. Um, but I know I'm forgetting one other obvious one. That um, yeah, it might be that one actually. But I think that was the very first one that we did, the throwback. Yeah. Um, the days, be- the days before James was part of the pod. 
um, when we had Cameron, remember him? Um, anyway, let's go to the third and final album, um, Daft Punk. So, um, James, your recommendation, a live album. Tell us about this yes. one. I, uh, I generally despise live albums, but not, not in this case. I've been waiting to uh, recommend this album for weeks. Uh, I keep getting put off because every time I mention it, Jay has this thing where like, if an album is over an hour, even though he's recommended albums that are over an hour, he acts as if nobody wants to listen to it and I'm going to get I mean, like shout I also share this opinion. I can't, I find it so hard to listen to albums over an hour. Yeah. So but. I basically I held off, and then when uh, I think it was our last pod or two pods ago, it feels like it's so long ago. Well, it was so long ago, wasn't it? <laughs> um, Jay recommended a really really long album, which, which was uh, substantially harder to get through. So which I thought was that, that was drugs. Oh yeah. Uh, so then I felt like that that was my license to to recommend an hour and a half album. Um, this is definitely the best live album I've ever listened to in my entire life, without a doubt. Um, and it's the only album where I think um, uh, an intentionally um, downgraded level of production combined with an intentionally high level of crowd noise really, really aids the album instead of massively hindering it. Um, I mean... In, in short, this is just like an absolute, it's just a banger. It's an, it's an hour and a half of, of pure bangers. And I think if you listen to a lot of Daft Punk before, or if you're familiar with their music, then it's just like, it's incredibly satisfying to see the sounds that you know and which you instantly recognize, recontextualized and mixed together in ways that you hadn't thought about. Um, and I think it's it ends up being a lot more impactful just because a lot of the time it's not actually what you're expecting. So when it, they drop in a sample from another song, you're like, whoa, good job. Um, and aside from Justice, who like tried to ape the, ape the same thing as Alive, I'm not aware of another artist who's like run a tour of solely remixing their own songs with each other, which I think is just a, a strange idea, but, but um, an excellent idea. Um, but yeah, I just uh, I think this album is, for, for what it is, it's, it's pretty much flawless. I don't see how it could be better. It's probably Daft Punk's best album for me as well, um, just because I'm more of a fan of the the house style than I am of the sort of classic rock style that they did a bit more of in, with Ram. Yeah, um, Jay, coming to you first. Um, well, I mean, there's only two other people here, but like, what do you think of the album? Um, yeah, I mean, I kind of agree with James in that I haven't I hadn't listened to the studio album that was just before this one. Um, I forget the name of it. Um, and it's human after all yeah kind of tied yeah, yeah. reputation and there's a but, lot of rumors about it but i've listened to discovery and homework um and to be honest there's, there's realistically of the songs on this album that appear on those two albums there's not one version of them on here that isn't better than what they'd originally done in their studio versions um it's really really good it's taking kind of a lot of songs that were already great making them even better um as James says, like the crowd does hugely add to the atmosphere in a way. I mean, it kind of puts you as if like you're in a club, which is something that we've all kind of forgotten what it feels like because <laughs> that's not been allowed for the past God knows how long. But it was it was very fun, very enjoyable. Um, I think it took me maybe a little bit. This isn't necessarily a thought of the album, but it took me a couple of songs to kind of get into the mood because you know I, I think sitting in your bedroom at home maybe isn't necessarily the vibe of this album, but it does definitely get you and pumps you up and hypes you. Um, they It doesn't feel like, you know, you don't sit there for like you're listening to a long old album, even though it's like an hour and a half long. 
Um, I that being said, I mean, I do. I don't think this is their best album. I think. I mean, I think Ram is the better album, just because I prefer the kind of disco, classic rock style that Daft Punk took later on. Um, and also, I just think Ram is a bit more kind of experimental and out there. Um, I just think it's a bit more interesting. But I mean, this is a really good album. What would you say is the best vibe to listen to this album, Ben, if you can't listen to it in your room? Best way to listen to this album? I mean, I don't know, because I mean, maybe I'm just someone who's boring, who's not going to start dancing around my bedroom. Um, no, I feel like, I mean, you could see it. No, but then, even then, I feel like having it on pre, like having it as like background music at a party would be a bit weird, because you don't really want to have like random people screaming. But yeah, I don't know, maybe it's just music. a bit fake. Yeah, maybe it's driving music. music. It's it probably is. excellent exercise music as well. Yeah. If you I put guess like so. one, if you put one more time on while you're like going for a run, it would pump you up like nothing. Yeah, true. Um, I'll talk about this album now. So I listen to it also just in my room in the evening whilst not doing much. Unlike Jay, I sort of got into it like straight away though. Um, you know, I really enjoyed this album. Um, I have a few criticisms of it, but I'll touch on that in a bit. Um, firstly, the second song was quite interesting. So, touch it slash technologic. So, I was actually listening to like um, Buster Rhymes earlier that day, like just my like playlist of his best songs. Um, and this song, "Touch It" by Buster Rhymes, you know, came on came on my playlist. I you know I quite like the song, whatever. Um, and then in this one, you know, I heard the sample. And I was like, oh, that's interesting. You know, I, I looked up the sample. And it turns out that, that this live album, Daft Punk, Alive 2007, had sampled it from Buster Rhymes, who in turn had sampled it from Daft Punk. So they sort of borrowed back the sample, which I thought was a bit odd. I've, I've, I've never really come across that before, where like the original artist samples back a sample. Um, I can't, I, I don't know, I can't think of that um, too many times that's happened. Um, yeah, but you know, that was good. Um, and that was like, oh, it's that song sort of thing. Um, I think I had that for the first uh, first track as well, and Robot Rocker, yeah, where, you know, I had I, obviously heard this song before, but I never knew it was like from Daft Punk um, to my um like you know to my shame um obviously like track five harder better faster stronger knew that one you know it's, it's kind of hard not to um but like overall like i did enjoy this album i thought it was a really solid live album um yeah just like really fun um i think if i had been listening to it like when going for a run or whatever or you know doing exercise it would i would have would have made my um enjoyment of the album like increase but you know considering i listen to it sort of in my room doing nothing I thought it was, it was excellent, so I'd love to hear it again, to be honest. Uh, well, or rather just more of Daft Punk, because I've never really heard um, an, al- an album of theirs before, whilst I obviously you know, know lots of their songs. Um, but I thought this was a really, really fun album to listen to live. Um, I think I was perhaps a bit harsh when I rated it 3 out of 5, uh, 6 out of 10. Um, I think the reason why I gave it a, a little bit of a low rating is because I thought towards the end of the album, it sort of dragged a bit. And I'd say that's just because of the length of the album. Yeah, I kind of, you, maybe I get that. What you're actually listening to is an extended edition, although it's not marked as that on Spotify. If you, in when it came out in like CD or whatever in 2007, mm-hmm. um, the last three tracks, I think, are not on it. I would say the, the final three tracks are the weakest. Well, in, ge- yeah, in general okay. terms, the final track is people, the, the consensus, I don't agree with this, but the consensus is that the final track is the best track on the album. But that's part of the encore, which was a separate, like, limited edition thing. But it happens to be on Spotify as well, as the only edition that they have. Um, so the album isn't actually an hour and a half. It's like an hour long, the usual album. But wow, the last track is a really good track. Half my life. Yeah, the last track's a really good track, though. It's definitely in the top, like, five of the tracks, I'd say. I mean, I think it's maybe because the kind of two before it had maybe taken me out of that mood. 
Um, and I think the mood of the and the atmosphere of it is kind of very important to the album. Yeah. Um, you know, you, you don't really want to be sitting in your room listening to like a Daft Punk concert, just kind of sitting there on your bed, staring at the wall, <laughs> waiting for it to finish. Yeah. Welcome to my life. <laughs> but, um, obviously, Jace, you said you preferred Random Access Memories. What about you, James? Like, where does this place in like their discography? This is definitely my, my, my favorite album of, of, of theirs, just because it's, um, it's, you know, not only does it redeem Human After All, which was seen as a seller and a bad album, um, but it, it recontextualizes tracks from the other two albums in ways which are continuously, um, you know, interesting and enjoyable. I think if you're just listening to b- both of their most famous two albums, then, for instance, say Arjun, if you listen to them, I would say that you might find homework to uh, to abstract, like to like eighties abstract house kind of thing. It's like yeah. too industrial, um, too sort of I don't know machine like. Mm-hmm. And then Discovery can come off as being a bit too corny at times. And this album sort of splits the difference and like mixes in the 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 industrial sounds with the the more kind of poppier sounds and i think ends up being better for it um and also completely reinvents an album which saw them like absolutely tank like it's impossible to exaggerate how much in 2007 people were disappointed with their with their record um and i i do really like ram and it was one of the when that came out, I think that was like one of my the best albums that I listened to. I think that's that's what I I thought in, in twenty thirteen is just that I'm more into the electronic side of things than um whatever it is they were doing on that record. Um <laughs> Yeah, Ram is very, very different. It's also like pretty much every single track on Ram has got a featured artist. Yeah, it's all features, the whole thing's features. Well, not every single one, but pretty much almost uh, the majority. Yeah, I've just seen like it came out in twenty thirteen, that's shocked me um i didn't think it came out that long ago so that must mean that like most websites are projecting that they'll release an album this year or something because yeah you know, there's gap. a lot of people there's a lot of people saying it's going to happen but uh it's unlikely you know because they like they toured in 1997 they toured in 2007 and then like the whole thing just kind of collapsed in on itself um so nobody really knows what they're going to do but, and also uh, they're they're not exactly the most kind of public figurey types they're no. quite, yeah. you know quite quiet <laughs> Yeah, do they like wear masks or are they those? Well, I mean, they do, but people know where they are. Right, yeah. yeah. They're not like anonymous. Like, there's like pictures of them, like, talking to press. <laughs> Arjun, just kind of, just also to show that they've done quite a lot of stuff is um the film Irreversible, Gaspar Noé. Yeah, they, um, I watched that. Which yeah. one was it? Um, it was Thomas, wasn't it, James? Yeah. He did yeah. the score for that. They did what, sorry? He did, they did the score. Oh right, fair. Oh, yeah. that's quite cool. Yeah, for irreversible. Yeah. All right. Well, you also did the score for climax as well. Yeah, yeah. No, I'm obviously like aware of Daft Punk, like just because I've not heard. They them do. Album. They do. I, so, I have yeah. heard of them. Yeah. But, um, <laughs> but yeah, I just never really heard an album of theirs before. It's really weird when they one. sampled that. Can they sampled the Kanye West track? Power. It was so weird. Yeah. Um. Yeah. I mean, <laughs> I, I guess that. that's. I guess that's it because it's obviously three albums this year. Um, this this episode rather. <laughs> till, till next year. <laughs> we'll, see, we'll see you in January 2022, guys. Still in lockdown. Um, no, um, thank you, guys. Um, we'll be back quite short, um, quite soon. Uh, hopefully later this week um, with a extended um, edition of Waxing Lyrical with hopefully one other guest so we can have more albums to talk about. Um, but yeah, stay tuned for that one. 
And yeah, cheers, Jay. Thanks. <laughs> <laughs> it's always awkward when I ask you guys. Yeah, and cheers, James. And yeah, yeah and see, see you guys next time on Waxing Miracle from the Symposium. <laughs>